0: What's up, guys? I'm George LaHoff. Welcome to the Make My Day podcast. I'm joined by my co host Luke Capriti and Winston Moy. Luke, how you been doing, buddy?
1: I've been doing pretty good. Um, I actually just got back from a bachelor party, so I was on oh, vacation wow. <laughs> the past couple of days. And nice. um, to say the least, that was much needed um, with everything going on. So um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm re-energized, ready to kind of get out there and tackle a big project coming up um what about you winston
2: i have just been like work has been killing me Ooh. in a good way like it's exciting i'm working on the uh, enclosure a couple other little bits for the next generation nomad cnc uh, but like we are like pushing hard uh for a product launch next month and uh it's there's a lot to do and that pressure of having to like like hey if you don't finish this design you're holding everyone else up oh my god is it's a lot to weigh on you
1: oh yeah so yeah i don't miss that too much (laughs) you know being back at Navair and feeling like oh no i need to finish this um or else ed or so and so won't be able to you know take it from there um yeah that that's a stress that i don't miss too much
0: and that's the stress I'm seeing <laughs> back at Navarre. Obviously, Winston, you get to do it now with CNCs, which I think must be awesome. Uh, at least a little bit more enjoyable for for me. It's like work is ramping up like crazy, and I got to step up to to meet a lot of things at work. And at the same time, the side business has like a lot of good opportunities to step up right now. And I want to focus on both as much as possible and i'm probably as stressed as you right now winston i'm, I'm getting like no sleep i'm like trying to hit deadlines <laughs> and it's 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 killing me but it's, it's time you know i think this is the time to step it up and, and make it work you know and then this is where it, it really matters uh so it's I it's have been a fun question for you guys
1: <laughs> um so i've been hearing this from a lot of people whether it be private industry or government um it sounds like you're more busy now, like with the pandemic and being essentially, you know, locked in on work or whatever you're, you know, doing to make a living. Um, is that true? Do you feel like you are more busy now that you've been working from home? Because that's what teachers were saying. And I'm just curious if this is starting to spill over that our work-life balance has been um, modified in a bad way. Like <laughs> now, now that you're home, it sounds like you should have more time to spend at home and do what you want. But it seems it could be the opposite that you're line, actually now focused on work
0: the lines have blurred completely like mm-hmm. i get you know th- the nice thing that i used to love about working for the government was you know it's monday through friday it's not like a company where you're working past hours like you have a very set schedule and like that's like the government life and you know everybody gets their job done in in, in those hours so now i get i've been getting phone calls on the weekends constantly i get uh phone calls i've been getting eight thirty p.m phone calls and i'm like are you like come on but like you know i'm also the type of guy that um i really do care about my job so i pick up the call and I, i'll do the work and it, it it is i think it's more efficient and effective like a lot's getting done at, and that's why you know it's time to ramp up and, and work hard there but um It takes. It definitely takes away from the side business for me. So that's what I've been feeling. I don't know about you, Winston.
2: Well, since I actually am able to go into work, it's it's not too different. Um, For the most part, it's it's kind of life as usual for me. Um, But there there are still some differences. Um, Like, uh, this isn't really like work schedule related, but like I've had a couple. Uh, sponsors reach out to me and their advertising budgets are much lower um, it's much harder to get stuff done especially collabs it's i was impossible. gonna ask you about
0: that actually because that's what i've been hearing that you know companies are struggling so endorsements are struggling as
2: well is that what you're seeing when you're saying that i mean i am not in touch with a large number of companies but like so one of the ad agencies reached out to me and they're like hey do you want to um, do a spot for such and such company and i was like that rate's a little low. Like, is there anything you could do? And she was like, "Sorry, like my hands are tied." Um, but that's actually um, a good segue into one of the the talking points I had, which was uh, when you have a, a dialogue, a back and forth with a company, and you can say, "Hey, like that rate, it just it doesn't work for me. Like this is my minimum." Um, and if they actually like if there's a human being behind that email account um and they keep you in mind like they'll like this company actually came back to me and they're like hey we've got a different company and we were able to meet your minimum uh, and i was like i actually appreciated that um the fact that they took that feedback and was like hey this rate's too low uh can you do better um and it, they couldn't for this one company it just it wasn't in their budget um but like looking ahead they're like hey we've got another opportunity a couple months down the road how about that awesome wow um, so i think it's actually um things aren't necessarily looking great. I mean, it's not like the social blue book, like it's really hard to hit anywhere above that median price that they give you that you should be charging. Yeah. Um, but at the very least there is a little bit of flexibility in budgets. So you can actually uh, not feel like you're um, working for much less than you should be. So, so why
0: don't you so. explain social blue book real quick? Cause I know you had to teach me what that was probably about a year ago. And I think that's a really important lesson for anybody who's trying to just understand those first conversations with any companies of any endorsements, like how much are you worth? Like, you know, or are you, should you just get that free product from them? Cause you, you, you're, you're really not worth any dollar amount or, you know, um, why don't you explain that, that tool? That yeah, you, you sure. got?
2: so social blue book is basically a way for you to look up what you're worth. Um, because when you're starting out with like, like maybe 10,000 subs or something, it's really hard to know what kind of price you should be able to command. So Social Blue Book has sort of cataloged a bunch of different prices, and uh, based on the numbers you tell it, like, hey, I've got this many subs, I've got this average number of views per video, it can tell you um, sort of like a, an approximate price range of what you should be able to charge. And I think it's something that anyone who's making content for money should look into, um, even if, like, my channel, my average view count per video isn't at the the super high end, because uh, my audience is pretty niche, and I like, there's no chance of me going on the trending page of YouTube. Um, but uh, even on the, if I pick a value from their lower range of estimates, um, it helps everyone because. Um, If you had no idea what you should be commanding and some company was like, hey, will you take 10 bucks and you say (laughs) yes, uh, you sort of bring down the industry for everyone else. Like companies have this expectation that they can get away with basically highway robbery. Um, And it's also like what happens on Etsy when like someone who doesn't know how to value their own work says like, oh, I'm going to sell this uh, custom cork dartboard for uh, $15. (laughs) Like you just you tank the, uh, the market for it. So it's important for people to sort of know what they're worth and to stick to their guns, um, kind of, and you, in terms of what they charge companies. And
0: for sure, the companies that are talking to you have some type of tool similar to that on how, you know, they exactly. they, they have to uh, figure out how much you're worth to them, too. They, they're plugging your numbers into something and that's how they're get And they're going to obviously start smaller
2: so they can make money off of it. But it's yeah, they will absolutely lowball you like <laughs> right off the bat. So, like, that conversation always starts with, like, hey, we're going to offer you, like, $200. And I'm going to be like, hey, can you go, like, 300 Like, just that back and forth. Like, always – it's a negotiation. Don't always – well, you should never take what they offer you right off the bat unless you've been working with them for a while and they know what you're worth and you know they respect you. Yeah. And my goal always with all of those
0: companies, it's, it's never that discussion about that one-time fee because everybody – who I've ever been endorsed by, I've always built a, a, a strong relationship with that person and with that company and like fully believed in it. So it's not just a, oh, here's your product. Okay, see you later or never or until you reach out to me again. It's, it's you know, um, you, you start to know that person if you start to see them at conferences and stuff when you, you know, you go up and say hi and you you, you get to really, um, you know, build a relationship with them. And I think that's, that's what, I think is the the most valuable thing because then they they don't they start to not lowball you um and they'll start to reach out to you with even more opportunities you know that that worked out really well with me with maslow that worked out really well with me with um home depot although the person that i built the relationship left (laughs) the company said i gotta build up the relationship again with somebody new but um I, i i've that's what i've always enjoyed and then i've had companies who have reached out and it was you know straight up paycheck type of thing and, you know, they hardly knew what they wanted. We, it, it was hard to agree on things. It, it wasn't as enjoyable, I feel. Um, so So that's another, I guess, um, kind of point to what you're saying there, Winston. But it's pretty interesting. I, yeah. I forgot about um, that blue book tool, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I pulled it back up and added it to my favorites you, bar. You should uh,
2: check it out. Because, like, you're still in the phase where you, as your numbers change, that value is going to start moving. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you got to keep an eye on that exactly you're uh, as they say an up-and-comer oh yeah <laughs> watch out
1: <laughs> yeah to be honest i've never heard of this before um so i'm glad you guys started talking about it and i was trying to take some mental notes i've pulled up the mm-hmm. tab so that i can you know check it out when we're done with this just because yeah. that's something i've always struggled with like i'll look at a project and then always think should i take this on is it really going to be worth my time Um, and then I always bring it back to like, what was my hourly rate? Like, you know, i profited this many dollars, but I spent, you know, 30 minutes on it or five days working five hours each day. It's like, well, did I really make anything or should I have just gone to target and gotten 13 hour, $13 per hour? Um, so yeah, I know like I always struggle with trying to find a pricing. I don't do a lot of stuff with, um, say, Total Boot or Home Depot or any of these other companies, although, you know, that might be something I really talk to you guys more about in the future. I haven't pursued that, but I've wondered how to do that. Um, you know, George, you're saying developing relationships. I mean, the next question is, how do you develop that relationship? Is it purely through social media or is it more these conferences that you're, you go to? Um, so there's a lot that we could talk about with this social blue book, but I don't want to derail us too much if um, we had a couple other talking points. So.
0: Well, I, I think it's, I think what you brought up is a good point. Um, I mean, just, just real quick while it's on, on my mind, you know, Total Boat I love, you know, and, and that was straight up from a conference. We, we met up with them. We loved them. We clicked instantly. You know, Winston also um, built a relationship with them. And, you know, it's at a point where I'm messaging Total Boat, and I know exactly who is behind told about the name. And I'm like talking with them all the time Um, and got, I've got actually a couple of products lined up with them. And that's another thing. It really is. It's it's really the company and, and the personalities behind it. If if I find I, I'm not clicking with somebody, I'm not as motivated. I'm not enjoying it as much. It, again, it's still a side hustle for me. I'm not dependent on those those paychecks as much. Um, so that's the nice thing. I'm sure it's different for other people who, you know, the more paychecks that come in and the more endorsements, the better for them. And um, so, so we've done it through conferences uh, with, with Maslow. I bought, I bought the machine, started building up the YouTube videos, kind of how uh, Winston did with Shepoco. And they reached out to me because I actually was kind of first to market on YouTube videos for them and, and, and majority of videos on it. And, and they valued that. And, you know, they understood that I, really like their product because of how much I was building the videos for it. Um, so that, that started a really good thing, um, that has just been carried over, over years and obviously well for Winston too, uh, with, with his, you know, shape Um, so I think there's a, a couple of different ways, but, uh, I think, you know, the underlying message is really, you know, do you support them as a company and their vision and th- their products and how much they actually like put into it, I think, you know?
2: There's, there's a lot to be said for looking around and seeing if anyone else is doing what you're doing. And in our case, like, um, we were kind of the first people on the scene with a, a particular machine. And that really worked out for us. Uh, if you look around and you say, like, hey, that, why isn't anyone else doing this? Like, it seems like a great idea. You could be that guy. So uh, maybe uh, take a stab at it.
0: Yeah, I've actually been realizing that, like, hugely recently that okay so first the market type of thing you know first of the machine and videos and that but also in terms of like trending videos right so i used to like laugh like oh my god everybody's jumping on this bandwagon but the results actually show that it makes complete sense why people are doing it so you know everybody's doing that um floating table now with the the fishing wire between the two and, and holding it up <laughs> yeah. and I you know at first i was like oh that, you know whatever like i wouldn't put that in my house like I, my house isn't like modern enough for but then I'm like, I had like, I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to do that with like Legos or like something really cool. nobody's <laughs> done that yet. And then maybe that'll be one of my, you know, first viral videos because I'm jumping on the bandwagon because that's what happens. Like it, it actually does, you know, the social media is pushing people towards that, those viral videos. So, you know, you know, I think that might've helped you too, Winston, with your, your Mac, right? So Mac was launching that brand new product and everybody's looking at Mac and you made a whole brand new look at it right through, through your scene, seeing, and that probably pushed some audience to it as well as like how good of a video you put together for it. But in, in that sense, I'm like, ah, oh, do, do you jump on the bandwagon to me? I don't, I don't push out enough videos yet to probably do that, but it's, it's been on my mind.
2: <laughs> you know, it's when you put it that way. Th- th- so, I didn't create that video with any active intent to jump on trends. But the fact that it was in my head to make a, an apple cheese grater um, was kind of derived from the fact that it was in people's heads. So subconsciously, it was marketing genius. <laughs> but in the moment, there was there was no active planning in terms of, oh, I think this will be really great. Um, which I think speaks to the power of Apple marketing. Um, that they could like, um, they play the game really well that um, no publicity, like all publicity is good publicity Um and so like the fact that they basically planted that idea in my head that, oh this is a really odd polarizing concept, let me play off of it Um I think Apple's the big winner here um, and I just happen to get lucky riding on their coattails yeah, yeah, yeah I guess that it works out. really <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say, George, is, you know, if it works out for you, then you've kind of done your job, right? You want your video that you're making to get um, publicity. You want there to be viewers. Um, Maybe you have a different intent, not just enjoyment, but maybe they're supposed to learn something. And if you were to ask your viewers, maybe they primarily went there for enjoyment. So um, maybe you didn't get exactly what you made it for, but you still were hitting a certain number, that was helping you out. Um, and you can look back at that to say, you know, oh, well, next time that Apple's coming out with something, I wonder what other funny product I could make or, um, and like use that to, again, like boost your subs or, um, viewers or anything like that. Like it becomes almost like a, a lesson that you can learn. You, Winston, were able to learn through your own experience, but say, George, like you're saying with those, what is it, tensegrity or something like tension it's something tension oh yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. like with those tables you're seeing this happening like this trend is occurring and you have an idea for it and now you can look back at winston's experience to say well it kind of worked out for him i wonder if i should try it you're just debating right now more um you know is it worth your time right like do you really want to spend or waste your time doing that or with all your other projects, do you need to focus on those things? <laughs> why not um, add
0: another one right to this this mountain of projects? Yeah, why not? not? What's one up? more? We <laughs> only have like 30 videos in the queue of that being edited right now. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: but yeah, I guess it really does always become like a balancing game as to um, what like what do you need right now with your platform? Do you need more viewers, subs, or followers? Um, what are you trying to do if you get more um, I, I guess like for me, that's what I balance a lot. Like I don't, I don't have the followers to really start, you know, doing anything with ads and that kind of thing. So for me, I'm just doing purely product based. If a client or somebody needs something, I'll make it for them. Um, but I do start thinking about, well, you know, that it's so much nicer if I'm not making a product. And I can still make money. So if I could have a YouTube channel, you could have, even if it's trickling, you know, a couple of dollars here and there every day, it's something that I'm not working towards any longer. Um, And that's just been a hard thing for me to understand that there's ways to do that. And I think like what you guys are talking about, these trends, that's um, the way to kind of start looking at it, to jump on board Uh, This bandwagon or to to make the bandwagon so others can jump on board with it Um,
2: Yeah, I think there are are kind of two things to to be aware of um, In terms of this whole trend following and trend setting thing. Mm -hmm. So with the whole tensegrity thing um, When the first couple videos come out and that plants the idea in your head You can make a decision Um, do you jump on this bandwagon because it's it's a rising trend because it'll get you views when you drop your video or do you make this thing because you legitimately think it's cool um if you're trying to jump on this for views you have a a really narrow time to strike because like it'll take you like a week or two to get your table together and by the time you come out that trend might have already sort of plateaued exactly and I know for me, when I was looking at my YouTube feed, I saw the first couple come out and like, oh, that's that's pretty, pretty cool. Um, but then I saw more and more coming up. And it's at flooded. that point, I sort of had like tensegrity fatigue. Yeah. Like, I think uh, John Malecki put out a couple of uh, quote unquote impossible oh furniture God, builds. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, I was just like, eh, like I, I, I skimmed through it for a couple minutes, and I was like, it, it really doesn't do anything." I actually felt the exact same
0: way, Winston, to be honest. Yeah
2: yeah so you have to be careful with um if you jump on these trends you like a like if it really interests you great but b you have to look at the time frame yeah if you don't like put out content as soon as possible to jump on board while this trend is still rising um it's it's just going to end up like trailing along following behind in the shadow of the videos that have already gotten the views so when you search tensegrity on youtube like me personally, if it doesn't have, like, if this trend has been out for a while and the average view counts a certain amount, I won't click on videos below that average. Like, I look for above-average videos, above-average view counts, if I'm going to click on something. Um, so jumping on at the tail end of a trend doesn't really help. Um, and I think speaking to to the uh, the Mac cheese grater thing, um, I think it's it's not... That, in hindsight, was a trend... But in the moment, um, I think my takeaway is uh, the thing to learn is follow your gut. Yeah. Like if this idea is in your head, it's in there for a reason. Um, and it might be in there subconsciously. It might be in there before something becomes a trend. Um, so if you think it's a good idea, uh, but in your heart, you don't quite know why, uh, play around with it. Explore, it that, explore that idea a little bit. Give it a little time. Give it a little thought. It might turn out to be something great, um, but you just have to uh, sort of recognize that that idea is, like, planted in your head for a reason. Well, that makes a lot uh, of sense. So find out why.
0: And, and I think, you know, I think one of the main, you know, if, if you, like you're saying, if you're not kind of invested into it, it's kind of going to eat away at you, right? Because then you're, like, investing time into something and you're expecting results, And if you don't get those results, especially with YouTube, you know, you start to see all those people, those YouTubers get depressed and everything because they're trying so hard and they get like lower than expected views. So that's, that's no reason to make a project. I think for me, silly enough, there's this like box at Costco for like, 20,000 Lego pieces for, like, a cheap price. And I'm like, I want to get that box and make something with it. And I was like, oh, man, that'd be sick. You take the Legos, you do this, like, floating table design with them, that'd be pretty cool. But, I, you know, like you said, I think I realized I missed the trend. And I'm like, I'm just looking for what I can do with Legos at one point just because I want to buy myself a giant box of legos and build something with it so that'll be coming one day whenever something else clicks uh and and that i'm actually like wanting to to make you know honestly you know what i think would be sick um i'm gonna be making an arcade cabinet an arcade cabinet out of legos would be like insane (laughs) be a lot of legos that'd be that'd be pretty cool at least part of it you know i I think that could look pretty cool Mm -hmm. so maybe that's what you know all the ideas are still flowing i'll figure out which one i decide to move forward with but that you know that, that that could be pretty cool i think out there and i think what you were saying luke about the trend setting is more interesting to me and um i was going to bring up uh, you know i've been finding a lot of value more so now than ever in um forums of you know similar tools and spaces right so You know, woodworking forums, Glowforge, Maslow, CNC, all that kind of stuff. Um, And Facebook forums are like off the hook. I don't know if you guys are on Facebook forums at all, but people are so active and so responsive that I think you can almost start to gauge different trends based off what everybody's interests are in those different forums. And maybe that helps you set a trend or gives you the ideas you want to based off that as well as you, you were also talking about like passive income, um, you know, with, with YouTube and just seeing that money kind of roll in. Um, I was mentioning to you guys last time that I'm going to, you know, with Glowforge and everything, I'm starting to get into digital designs and I'm loving that, you know, I made something I wanted and then I'm also selling the digital files and surprisingly it's been pretty active, you know? So like even for you, Winston, like I'm, you know, you could sell, I mean, that's if you decided you wanted to, but like you know, you know, the actual CAD models and Fusion files all ready to go for, or maybe the G code for Shapoko and, you know, let those people on the forum know. And everybody's so interested to get it because they all, a lot of them just want to make it themselves and they want to hit the go button. They want to see, oh cool, I made something without actually putting all the effort into it. Some of them, you know, want to sell it, although I don't allow people to use my files for selling. They can make it and sell that, but that that's a different story. But I think that's a really, I'm really happy so far I'm gonna see how it kind of grows, but from another passive income type of thing, it's make once, you know, put out there for five bucks and just see that money kind of roll in. And I've been pretty happy with it so far. And I know you're a pretty big design guy, Luke. So I think that could that that's my main flaw. I'm a terrible designer.
1: Um, so, so, um, it's kind of funny you say that because Adrian wanted me. I don't know if you guys can see it. uh, Oh, on my screen. Yeah, So we're trying to make a dog tag using the Glow Forge for Maui. And, um, since he's got his name from like a Hawaiian Island, we wanted to have that like Hawaiian feel to it. Very so cool. we saw a sea turtle while we were there. So we're like, all right, there's gotta be a sea turtle, uh, somehow in there. And then like their culture, there's, you know, different geometric patterns used within tattoos. So like, this is what I ended up coming up with. Um, and, you know, I was like, oh, well, now as George is saying that, I could just put something like this up there and I can change the text to whatever dog name you want um, if other people would buy it. But it in my head, you, I, <laughs> I, I always turn it down, though, in my head. I, before ever pursuing it further, I'm like, nobody else wants this because, you know, it's an odd name to have for, for a dog. You know, how common is that? But, like, that's the problem is I start saying that other people won't want it instead of just putting it up there, like you said, you put it up there for five bucks, see who, see who grabs it. And then, you know, maybe you find a price that works or a new design that a lot of people are going after. So I'll have to ask you, you know, which sites you're throwing those on, if it is just forums or if there's like a particular app or website out there, but I, maybe I'll do them this, on,
0: this. On my good old Etsy store that Winston loves because oh, so nice. you can just attach okay. files to it. You don't do a thing They click buy and then it just emails it to them. You don't have to really? do a thing. Obviously, they take the percentage, at, but for me, like you, still get that that audience, and it's, you know, those things are probably the most popular. Like any type of SVG file with a cool design that they can change the name for. You know, it's yeah. it's probably the most popular thing that people are selling for some passive huh. thing. and that lo- that looks pretty cool. You designed that yourself?
1: Yeah, that's, that's yeah, sick. like yeah, I was just using you know different silhouettes that I was finding online. So I guess I would have to really draw it all myself. Um, but yeah, or double check that they're all free things, but for the most part, yeah, like the text and stuff, uh, you know, it's, 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 to me, it's fun to do that. So
0: what material are you going to make the dog tag out of?
1: I don't have any acrylic, so I'm going to just use one of the plywoods that I have and then dip it in some polyurethane (laughs) um, to, to cure it and all. I didn't know if you are going to try like
0: some anodized aluminum or something like that. Cause I know I've been seeing, um, a lot of people, um, John, Coopin, Do you remember his, how to how to pronounce the last name? was uh, ball, Yeah, I think he just posted um, a glowforge video, and he like does it on so many different materials, including a whole bunch of different metals. There's a spray that I'd never heard of until I watched it. That you spray in metal, and then you can laser etch pretty much like any type of metal uh, metal mm-hmm. surface with. So it it looked awesome, me- metal like yeah. that. But then do you, you know had to cut Matt- the dog
1: um, Matt Parkaz from Yeah Yeah there. Yeah Yeah he um, for his that's um, a groomsman, he wanted to give them axes and um, <laughs> like a tie clip that awesome. had their little like wedding logo on there and so he had done the research and came to me he was like I know you have a glow forge um, we've been wanting to hang out and I bought this spray that I can um, engrave metal using you know it doesn't matter what uh, laser engraver you have I was like okay sure yeah come over and we'll try it out. It was awesome. Like all, like you said, you just spray it on there, put it in the Glowforge, and let at it. And it comes on this really dark, crisp burn on hardened steel. Ah. Because, I mean, if it was an axe, it's got to be some sort of hardened steel is what I'm assuming. Um, but, yeah, it worked perfectly. Hmm. And so I forget what the name of the spray was. I know he still had extra because he kept telling me, anytime you need it, just let me know and I'll bring it over. Um so yeah, I I didn't think of doing it on metal, um, but now I'm kind of again like whenever I talk to you guys, it's always like oh man now <laughs> now there's something more for me to do, but that would the be name better.
2: Brand um, of that uh, stuff is Cermark C E R M A R K I think. Cermark, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's but right. there are other compounds um, that you can sort of DIY this. Hmm. So I think one of them is molybdenum whatever. Uh, you l- use it as a lubricant, um, and that stuff, when you laser over it, forms a a hard, durable, um, black uh, etching. Hmm. Um, so there, there, if you look on the Glowforge forums, I'm sure there are other people who try their own DIY concoctions to replicate the effect. There are some that are out there that work pretty well, um, but yeah, there are some products you can buy like Surmark that will do the job. Uh, the other thing I would say you should consider is um you've got a laser you could try putting masking tape over any material metal wood whatever and then put uh, a stain or an etching powder over that uh, and that would get you a a more textured surface so if you did this in like brass or something uh, you could have like a frosted area you could rub some paint into it and maybe like the polished areas would stay pristine Um, you've got a lot of ways you could go to make something that's a little more durable and uh, a little flashier i think
1: Yeah. Well, that's, I guess, too, where I was thinking, you know, it really, that's not much of a dog tag. If it's just this little wooden token, um, and -hmm. then even the burn that you're going to get, um, it's going to be pretty small. So, you know, are the details really going to be there? Um, whereas I feel like on metal or the acrylic, it seems like I could get better details on acrylic, um, metal. I think that's just normally what you look at with a dog tag. So, um, Yeah, you know, maybe this will just be the first go at it while I have the wood material and he doesn't have a tag on, so he really should. Um, (laughs) So I'll probably just get it done with, but I don't think that's going to be, you know, the final version. I think we've talked previously of, you know, do your first iteration, but then, you know, come back with a second or third after you've improved it. So I think I could do some testing later on with aluminum or other metals, maybe brass and come up with something pretty cool. That's pretty cool,
0: and you don't have a CNC, uh, yeah, right? No, right, uh, nah, not
1: not yet. <laughs> yeah, but you know someone who has one. <laughs> that, you know, two people. Who have <laughs> I was gonna true. say that is... you could
0: you could do like a diamond drag bit. Like uh, I have so many. So many thoughts. I mean, that's like that's like the curse of the maker life, right? Because like every single thing that like you see, it's like, well, I could I could do that, and I could do that, mm-hmm. and then I could do that, and then just like Michelle actually bought uh, our dog's dog tag off of Etsy, and she showed me. I'm like, oh, I definitely could have made that. But I'm like, oh, like I have a million other things, so like she's right because I would never have gotten into it. It's like it would have been like right. the thing that I push off until next year or something like that. So, but that's pretty cool. I like to see what you come up with out of the glowforge. Like that could be pretty. Yeah, cool.
1: thanks and even um Winston as you were saying like you could paint over stuff that started making me think like I could use epoxy to fill in like real little voids with some bright vibrant colors or something too um so I don't know I I definitely will have to make this better than just a piece of scrap plywood um you know so we'll see what happens with it for now prototype one is just going to kind of be a chintzy little dipped in polyurethane uh piece of wood but after that i want to make something that i can be more proud of for sure
2: (laughs) yeah that's fair i see and also once you cut it out you'll uh get a sense for like the scale of it yeah how well the details hold up Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm all for it get that first iteration done and then uh learn where to go from there
1: yeah that's a really good point too is like you know, by doing the first iteration, I probably will learn stuff that it's good that I just did it on a scrap piece of wood. And then, you know, version two and three can really be, um, you know, something that when I do or if I do sell it, whether it be on Etsy or something like that, the design file can also be like corrected because I would never want yeah. to be somebody who, so- who sold a design file. Then when they get it, they're like, oh, you know what? this doesn't look the way I expected it to. Like I want it to kind of be um, like I could vouch for it. And
0: those negative reviews on Etsy will kill you, man. I tell you. I do anything (laughs) I possibly can to just make them. And and that's probably where like, you know, there is a lot of criticism against Etsy because like it it could destroy you in a second if you get like one, you know, bad review and you're, you know, there's no way you can take it down. And sometimes people are just ridiculous. But but uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Especially with digital files, like, if they're not like, so I'm already learning this. Like if it's not so straightforward, like I literally did it, I did a docking station, right? So it was, it was um, four pieces. One was the back piece, two for the base. Cause um, one was like slots. So you could put like a wallet and stuff. And then a phone holder that inserted, you know, four pieces, you know, it, it looked, you could, if you see them, any, you know, a child could put them together. And I had like one person be like, Oh, don't you have an instructions page for this? I'm like, what instruction like you click go you take it and you plug and i'm like okay well now i know like and then i read on again the forums you know it's good to know what people are expecting um you know one person went on this entire rant of if somebody doesn't have an instructions page she thinks they're already bottom of the barrel because that is like expected with digital files and i'm like all right well now like all right i mean it's it's easy enough to me like a word document i'll make it into a pdf like that that's like nothing to me but like but like, come on, people! Like, you you have a glowforge. Like, you invested into something to make with your hands with lasers, and you need an instruction page for like four pieces of wood that have slots that fit right into each other. It's like, come on! Like, it doesn't get that much. the common sense? <laughs> <laughs> so that that kills me. And then, actually, that that brings up another thought I was gonna bring up today, and I, I'm sure you see this all the time, Winston. With with um so maker made CNC they've just like relaunched their entire website and they're doing a new product and all this kind of stuff, so they've taken down a lot of the resources for how to make the old one and all that kind of stuff, and I put my business email on my YouTube page, and just this weekend I had two people email me very rushed being hey can you send me the PDFs for how to put the Maslow together right away? I, I need to build it. Your videos are great, but send it to me right away, please, please. I and, and big letters. I'm like, like what do you like, do you think I own this company that I'm at like the service to provide the fee? Like I'm not gonna rush to go home and get the PDF and send it to you. And I guarantee you, if you Google it hard enough, you will find those PDFs that were like from the original or some or contact the company support page versus some like you know what i mean like to that extent i was like come on like that there, that was a... like that kind of like i was like i like i like how much i'm helping boot the maker made C, but i am not anybody's employee in that type of sense for that type of email especially with rushed capitalized letters and i was like you know i'm, I'm probably gonna send it to him but i'm gonna take a, a, my own sweet time obviously you know like that, that was ridiculous to me. So I don't know if you see that too, Winston. I mean, you must see like a much greater width of people, but
2: I was like, wow, come on. I, I see a whole range of types of people, um, but I think there's there are two elements to that um, that kind of need to be addressed. One of them is like, unfortunately you are going to be sort of uh, tech support for a lot of people because you are the most visible person um just in that arena um but the other part of this is um if people just google for like pdf instructions if they don't see them in the search results in the first page um that actually reflects poorly on maker made because they like if it's not on like easily accessible through their website maybe they should reconsider this if this is a common sticking point like um for the benefit of their own users, they should remedy this and and maybe just reorganize their website or make the link to the instructions more prominent. So, I mean, I think it's also an opportunity to help them improve. Like in the long run, you don't want to be support for them forever. Um, so how do you, how do we change the system to make it so that people can help themselves? So, so you nailed it. Every single time I get that type of,
0: like I already sent the email, Every time I already get I uh, get that type of feedback, I'll actually reach out to the MakerMade team and say, Hey, just letting you know this is the type of response I'm getting from the community right now. Just like just a note or a heads up just to let you guys know, like people can't find your instructions pages whether you're doing that intentionally or not. Because I know they changed for some reason to the shipping them with like USB drives. I don't know. I mean that's just something that I guess they thought about for some reason. <laughs> so but, you know, and, and I'm fine being you know, I made those videos to help out people um, build the Maslow and everything like that. And I am find, you know, I've always answered, like, complex questions and stuff like that. But I just, like, didn't appreciate the tone of the email of, like, rushed. You have to send me this immediately because I have to get building right away. I need the PDFs. Like, send it to me immediately. I was like, like... And, and, and by the way, that's like the one time you decide to like contact me. Like, you, you know, if you were, you know, reaching out and like commenting, like, wow, this is, you know, you're great. I really enjoy this Like great stuff. And like trying to like, you know, maybe I knew you a little bit better. Like I wouldn't take that approach, but like, you know, you reach out to somebody only cause you need something and it's rushed and that's just not, not what I envision. And I, I get that. I get how that happens, how it comes to that, but I don't know, threw me a little bit, threw me a little bit off. Not to derail the well,
1: conversation. Up, <laughs> well, no, you do kind of bring up a good point that we've touched on and it um, brings us back to what we were starting to talk about, um, about building relationships, right? Like if you yeah. have that relationship with Total Bo and other companies, it's different if you were to ask them, hey, I really need a rush order of this type of epoxy. I'm trying yeah. to do X, Y, or Z. Well, you have established something over the course of months or possibly years that they might understand that, hey, George has helped us out, um, or Winston's helped us out, you know, let's help him out now. Um, But if, like you're saying, George, this person has reached out to you one time, and all it is is like, you need to do this for me right now, um, you can learn from that that, okay, I'd never want to be this person reaching out to a company where I'm just asking for something with nothing in return, really or that I've never built a relationship with them previously to asking for something. Um, but then that person, you might even be able to give them a piece of advice. It might not come off nicely, even if that's what you try to do, but to say, hey, if you wanna be a part of the maker community, you know, rule one is to <laughs> give before you receive. I, I feel like that's probably a, a top rule that you really are trying to put stuff out there more so than just take take take. Yeah. Um so so I mean it's kind of funny how like when you bring that up that's the first thing I thought of was oh yeah, you know this shows that as a maker, not even as the the company, right? You don't want to be this type of um resource right away for somebody. You made the video, you did the hard part. <laughs> you know, now you're asking for more. Like come on, man. You got know, to you got well, to really like be so careful about I will... that yeah. go ahead winston
2: yeah I'll, I'll chip in and say that um when i have people reach out to me on instagram for help if i scroll back in our messages and i see that we've been chatting about just other stuff in general like i'm a lot more receptive exactly. to that yeah but if their first message to me is hey i think my machine's broken <laughs> what do i do I, i'm i'm a lot like it closes me off i'm just like ugh like it's just probably some rando who has no idea what they're doing but if they if we've been chatting like i know they have an interest in cnc and the kinds of projects and i i get a feel for their like technical level how how well their intuition is about how the machine works i can sort of be like hey uh try this area and like i also know like to what depth i need to explain this cuz if if i know that they've been a long time uh, viewer of my content I know, like, hey, they know, like, sort of, like, how this machine works. I can talk in more, in a more general sense, as opposed to, like, these people who message me out of the blue. Like, you almost have to be, like, all right, now turn this bolt and check (laughs) this exact. Like, you have to, like, really baby them. And that adds to the burden of responding to them and makes me really not want to respond to them. Agreed completely.
0: Just as we're talking, I'm, like, already going back. I'm, like, all right, you know what I'm going to do? You know... For all my Maslow videos going forward, I'll like go on my website and I'll create a blog post and I'll post all the instructions and I'll link that to each of my videos so that I can be better because, you know, my YouTube videos really are, they are for helping and I'm like, oh, fine, you know, it, it just because it was like two different people this weekend, I'm like, fine, you know, maybe maybe I'll post it myself and like. That way they don't have to contact me, and I'll put in all the different d- details. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something from the help I'm giving out. I guess I don't know. Uh, well, so you're bringing up
1: uh, <laughs> when you said that. That made me think you can now get clicks to your website, which you said you've wanted to do. That, that's so exactly if you are linking, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it might have been a frustration, but it could also be that. Um, uh, what's it called? Like that message that ugh, I can't think of the word, but whatever. It's the message that for you, it's an opportunity, right? It's an yeah. opportunity to now build your website to say, "Hey, I might be the only person who can give you these directions to tell everybody else." Or I don't know. No, I um, think that it,
0: I think that's a good way to do it. And and I've actually been thinking about bringing like almost like duplicating my Etsy shop to have everything on like Shopify on my website because you know I do think there is a lot of missed opportunity in owning you know having everything um through your own website your own control and that kind of experience i think and and i've been building up slowly um but there's just so many things (laughs) there's so many things to like focus on to 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 try and build up with a side hustle when when you know there you want to push out products you want to put out videos you want the website to be you know you need I see easily why people have to build up an entire team right to to keep all this uh, like churning and moving forward you know um, maybe one day we'll get there but (laughs) but just a lot of thoughts like running through my head at that point it's
2: I think it's worthwhile to work towards um, because at the end of the day Etsy is kind of like YouTube it's a platform, but they are also the gatekeepers and like, they do take a a cut of what you make. Um, If you, you could make your own website, um, like your own shop and offer cutting boards there and just have them in two places. Like it doesn't, it'll cost you a small nominal monthly fee if you use Shopify, um, but like it's a couple bucks a month and you need to slowly transition traffic to your own site. If you're going to, Um, establish yourself as more than just an Etsy seller if you want to have your own like identity as a maker Um, and I think if you look at like I'm sure we follow a lot of people who sell their own things and it's uh, you follow them because you like what they do you respect them um, and then you see their products and you're like oh that's really cool you might not buy it but they have a reputation and they've built it up and now they have something that's theirs whereas in etsy you're at the mercy of their algorithm at your your customer reviews um and so it's like people can only find you in that little bubble whereas once you start building your own identity like you can like people will search for you on google and they will see your website and that to me is a lot more powerful in the long run and so so uh i think
0: Well, what I was going to say, exactly. So I've always liked Etsy because I think they have a really strong community. But I've always really been behind the idea of you have to take the power into your own hands with social media. And the one thing that Etsy did, and it blew my mind. I I almost just let them complete because of it. Once COVID started, they said, oh, we're going to help everybody out. We're going to give you guys free advertising to Google to bring people to your shops. Free advertising. However... If you make a sale off of our advertisements through Google we will take 40 percent and that Whoa, was like a mandated thing and I had I'm happy I only had one sale from it but it was for one of the dart boards which is hundreds of dollars and I looked at the profit and I'm like like what what just happened are you are you, are you kidding me right now and like who's this say if they checked Google that they wouldn't have found the Etsy shop because not a lot of people make cork dart boards without your advertise so I was, I I literally almost just like shut down shop and and I still love Etsy for a lot of like the good things about them. But exactly what you're saying, it's like taking control, building your own identity. Like that's what drove me to say, okay, I, I I gotta start taking things off, make my own website, build that up over time. And once I'm actually making more with my website, I could probably transition completely off of it. But I some it's stuff like that. You know, when YouTube changes their algorithms, when Instagram decides to to like not give anybody with high audiences any attention anymore things like that that like it just like they could sweep you under your feet you know and I don't ever want to be in that position um, so having your own website having your own email list of people you have your own following complete control your own sponsors you can send your own message out that's I've, I really believe that's the way to do it even though I'm not you know highly successful in that way yet I'm, I'm building up I'm going to keep trying to push that because I think there's a lot of opportunity in doing it that way
2: yeah, and even if you're not fully invested in, like, one platform, it's still, if you use them together, it's a great tool. So, like, there's a couple people I follow on Instagram, I think, uh, uh, like, DFM mm-hmm. Toolworks, uh, Workerman. Uh, they, like, when they put stuff in their shop, they announce it on Instagram. And their stuff goes pretty quickly because they've cultivated an audience. Like, it, you could do it the same way with a mailing list of people like that. Um, I kind of like Instagram just because, like, you can still sort of enjoy it, uh, like, their content and appreciate it just organically. Uh, But, like, YouTube, for me, could be, like, when I launch something, I'll make a video about it. Um, So you have all these different tools so that, like, even if, like, YouTube sort of, like, nerfs your ability to, to reach an audience, you still have enough reach that it can be a tool to drive people to your website or vice versa.
0: Yeah, I agree completely with that. Yeah, I want to go and like build up by my website now. <laughs> and something, so something I've been doing, um, you know, last time we talked, I was saying, uh, you know, I was having trouble with like creativity. I'm, I'm doing a lot more like Pinterest and that kind of stuff. But something I'm surprised I didn't do before is I'm on YouTube now and I'm starting to follow artists who like are just like making the most amazing videos. There's this one guy called Ten Hun, like short for 1000, and he didn't go to art school he just started making on his own and this guy makes just amazing different art graphics and everything and i think just watching that kind of stuff is helping inspire me with with my own designs because because i was mentioning you know you can make the same name sign or the same whatever you know thing you see everybody doing on etsy and you're not going to set yourself really apart um you know i i really think i got lucky with cork dartboards because it was just something random i made as a gift and I didn't, you know, you know, nobody else is really doing it except for like, I have like one competitor on Etsy really, but that's the stuff that making products, you know, to be able to distance yourself from other people so hard. Um, I'm starting to watch, like get back into like the art of everything and kind of in, in, trying to inspire myself. While I'm stuck at home, not traveling the world and, and getting to see, you know, other things. So I, I thought that was, I thought that was kind of interesting as well, but Yeah, but, so I also wanted to mention one other thing, by the way, that, um, so I haven't been making videos, I haven't been, like, editing my videos, as I said, I, I did, got myself such a good handle on, right, I said I, I was waking up early and making them late at night, but I'm also really upset at myself, because um, I got myself into this mindset, my camera, I, it, it, like, dropped, and, like, the the flip screen doesn't work. So I can't like video myself too well. And I've been finding myself out of frame and that pisses me off every time I notice it after I video something. So I'm setting it back to Canon to, to get it fixed. But I was like, Oh man, I'm going to be like four weeks without like a camera for videos. And like, I almost like forgot like the simplest thing of that. You know, I have a, I have a phone right here that everybody says is perfect for making videos. And you know, nothing really stops you. You know what I mean? So in my head, I was, like, trying to time out when I'd have the least product, when to set up this camera, and I'm, like, I got to get my mindset out of, like, all the cool tools I have and just, like, get the job done sometimes, you know what I mean? So, I thought, I, I wanted to bring that up because it was, like, on my head, I was, like, I can't believe, like, I was spending, like, days thinking of, like, how I would time things out, and I'm, like, on my phone right here, and I'm, like, geez, like, I could just, like, I could put this, like, this video, at see myself, and make sure I got the, myself completely in the frame I need, like, so, I, I, I think... I think there's just like a lot of lessons learned over, you know, the past few weeks. And I think it's been building up as, you know, as I'm strapping for more time with the full job, stepping up and really having to optimize the business as kind of always. And, you know, just get the, get the job done and, you know, keep yourself inspired and keep moving forward. It's just so many thoughts going through my head.
2: (laughs) I always, I will go ahead. I'll also say that in my last podcast uh, my my other podcast I do Digital Fabrication Experiment we had a guest in episode 52 uh, Daniel Diarco. He's a, a video guy and he shoots a lot of his like little videos on an iPhone. And I think this is a great opportunity if you like I mean shooting with an iPhone is a little cumbersome like you, you have to use that screen, you can't like zoom in as much Um, you could take this as an opportunity to try something different. You could shoot shorter form videos for Instagram or something, or you could edit them like without the voiceover, uh, just do a little montage, like short, like one to two minute. Um, So this could be your way to try something different. Try a shorter video. Um, Try a different video style. Um, And that might work better for the iPhone. You don't need to take the iPhone and try and make the exact same kind of thing you were making with the the big camera because like it just it might not work as well but use the the phone for its strengths like you can do some pretty good close-up shots it's high resolution um and just work from there that's a good point because it's
1: It's funny um, when he said that, George. I'm thinking, wait, you need to have a camera to film yourself? Like, I've been doing (laughs) this with my phone all the time. And not to say that I i don't like doing
0: I'm it with so my high phone because you see <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i guess like that's what i first started thinking i'm like he's he's this guy who just wants to get the job done like he's saying and he needs his <laughs> canon phone or a canon canon camera just to get this um perfect with the tripod
0: shot. and the screen on
1: top and like the whole <laughs> setup and get up george do you have
2: someone with like a fan and someone like just doing something for your hair <laughs> yeah i got film? the makeup Please. guy
1: right before ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's funny when you say that I'll, you know, like be cursing at myself every once in a while, like, Oh God, I can't listen to my music now when I'm recording, because that's one of those things that the iPhone can only be, um, absorbing, I guess, sound and can't be putting it out. So like, that'll annoy me. Um, then there's the other thing of just getting it set up. Like you're saying with a tripod, I have my old car phone mount that then I like have to clamp to a different surface. And so I only have so many surfaces to work with that then it's like, oh, okay, now where do I get a decent angle? Um, so, yeah, for me, like, as you're saying that, I'm like, well, George was smart and bought the the tool that he needed to get the job done more efficiently. So um, hopefully you'll come up with some cool thing like, hey, here's some good shots or here's an easy way to do X, Y or Z um, when, you know, using the table saw or whatever tool um, that I could use, um, because I know for me, I'm. I really do want to purchase a camera just for filming so I can listen to my music and not have to deal with those little headaches that I've been dealing with. and you'll probably um, and take way better, better video
0: and you'll probably yeah. take way better care of it than I will because I if you see it's it's bad. I mean, if you see how many times I drop this like hundreds of dollars of DSLR camera, it's just like, and I, I dropped it a lot of times. And then it was the one time I had the flip screen out in the wrong angle, cracked it and like, doesn't work anymore. And I just thought to myself, like, yeah, you're an idiot. you you like, don't take care of your crap. You, you know, you buy something, you I use it exactly as a tool and I never think of like the value of it. And it's like, that's like a bad mind frame of mine. And, but you know, it's almost like, um almost like a crutch, I think, because I also have a gopro that i haven't you know i say that for like vacations and stuff but i used to love taking the gopro getting it up close with like table saws and stuff because like you can like put it like in way better angles and stuff so i'm gonna pull that back out you know with the iphone and i think i think it'll be cool to to get it like you're saying with like a different perspective on my videos again for a little while um and then maybe i'll just continue well i probably won't you know i I didn't use all three or at least the camera and the gopro because I hate having too many memory cards. I, ha- I hate having to remember like to click record. It just like takes up so much more time at a certain point. I think that's why I ditched it. But it'll be fun for
2: a little while, so we'll see. Yeah, and again, like you should honestly try something a little artsy yeah. or something. Just post an interesting angle on Instagram. Um, like some of my best performing video content aren't like the fancy edits that I make. It's just like a single fixed camera angle. Of my cnc doing something from start to finish as a time lapse and just that transformation of before and after um i have a video of where i uh, machine at the top or the yeah the top half of the pokeball uh, little gift box that yeah, i made <laughs> um so just someone like uh, i think probably about a dozen like viral video sites have just taken my video like going from like a half dome uh, that's like kind of roughed over to a smooth oh, cool. dome like they just for some reason the internet really loves that and that's just one camera angle on a tripod of from start to finish about like 10-15 minutes in a time-lapse form that video has outperformed just about everything else that i've oh put wow. on instagram um so you should like it doesn't take much like instagram is about visual yeah. appeal so if you capture an interesting angle if you put your gopro on the the table saw and you're ripping down a lot of strips and the camera's getting like closer to the saw or something over time or if like you, you uh do like a wide shot of like the cnc working the dust collecting whatever um just try different short form oh, clips I like that idea um and so and use that medium of just hey i've got a camera on a tripod I really don't like moving it around, setting it up. So let's just capture one shot or something, or just like one visual gimmick per video, per post, whatever. Um, use that to your advantage. Don't make it a clutter. I wonder
0: if it's safe to throw a Go, uh, GoPro inside of the glow and how oh do i've it. done
1: it before have yes you? it is all clear yes i have and it is pretty cool <laughs> oh, like cool. <laughs> i would highly recommend doing it done. <laughs> um yeah it's just like do you have one of those i think they're gorilla i forget the brand the Joby gorilla Pops. yeah there you go yeah one of those because uh-huh. you can then like lock it in so that it's not going to hit the gantry system okay cool yeah. Just be smart about where it's going to go. You know, I'm going to call
0: you a uh, guys a to text tomorrow that I just broke my glove <laughs> for
1: Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Just be smart about it. Like look at where you're putting everything and you can definitely get a cool. solid time lapse. Yeah. All
0: right, I'm going to try um, some stuff, guys.
2: We'll see how it comes out. Solid nice. advice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or
2: like um, so specifically with filming with machines in enclosures. Um, if you're trying to like stick a GoPro outside, like if you get a suction cup mount, you can stick it to the door pretty easily. Uh, the only problem is you get reflection, yeah. you get glare. So if you can turn off the lights outside the machine and just have the lights inside the machine, uh, you get less reflection. Thank you. That's a really good because I'm actually terrible at all that kind of stuff. So that's a good tip.
0: All right. Yeah. I like yeah. This now my mind's going like a million directions as always
2: my mind is all over the place again after we talk because i want to do a million things george i challenge you next time you do something on the glow forge make a short 15 to 30 second clip that you can put on Sold. instagram for it
0: I'll, I'll probably make something today with it because i try to use it every day i, I freaking love the thing but
2: nice and, and winston i'm using the shapeoko
0: not you know not to let you think i've ditched this all cnc for your for lasers i'm uh <laughs> I'm, I've been using your videos, and I know we're getting short on time, but I've been using your videos um, for the topographic map, but I'm trying to learn how to make my own of like Brazil, Egypt, like other countries now. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm probably going to reach out to you because I'm not really understanding the concept too fully, but I bought all of these bowl end mills of different sizes right here. So I'm ready to go and see and okay. it. Um, cause that was my main problem before when I was doing, um, um, when I was making the, um, AA chip holder for Buddy, um, I only had one bolt end mill and I couldn't get, you know, deep enough to the pockets that I wanted. So, so I'll reach out to you because I really want to make, um, a couple different, uh, topographic maps. Um, I really want, I think you mean an epoxy one too, at some point, I really would like to do that also. I did
2: sort of a epoxy, like little, uh, I call them like earth slices. Um, it's, it's just like, I use the epoxy as a water feature or a filler feature. And the, the topographic portion is like an Island or something. So I made like a little Hawaiian coaster where you had a blue epoxy ocean and the Hawaiian islands were sticking out of the epoxy.
1: That, that was awesome i saw that and i gotta like, go back and re- so i actually that.
2: i want to do more with that because there's there's so many cool islands out there mm-hmm. like japan new zealand i could even go to like australia if i want uh, taiwan uh like iceland the uk there's so many opportunities to like just make cool things and i think each one will i mean not to use this as a marketing <laughs> tool but it'll appeal to like if you're in like europe or something you'll appreciate some like like norway iceland the uk um Uh, I could even maybe do like Italy or something, just any feature that's surrounded by a lot of water. Um, it's a visually, it's a very cool thing and it doesn't take, like the tools software wise that you use are pretty simple. It's just a matter of making sure you plan for where the water's going to be, make sure that's deep enough that you can actually pour epoxy in there. Um, and then also, uh, just how you're going to set up your border. Like where are you going to cut it off? Like if I do Italy, I got to make sure I encompass enough of Europe that it's still like within the coaster.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool.
2: If you want to do something like Egypt or Brazil where you actually want to just isolate the borders of the yeah. country, um it's a little trickier, but I'm totally happy All to work right, with you on it. that. It's basically just you got to download an SVG of that country's borders and do your That's what I thought it would. And then you you, you,
0: you overlay it and that way you cut it exactly around it and then you have okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. So I'm happy we're on the same page i'll definitely reach out to you because i also want to do like curacao as a gift to michelle's surprise for our that's where we did our honeymoon i don't think michelle listens to this podcast hopefully so we'll be good (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah i'll I'll reach out to you that that sounds perfect (laughs) so we're coming down to the hour we're actually a little bit we we obviously have so many fun so much fun like talking about these topics as always it's Really good conversation, but maybe we'll call it for today and uh, catch up again in two weeks if that works for you guys.
2: Yeah, looking forward to the next time we chat. Awesome. We'll catch you guys later. Good talking. See you next time. Thanks, guys.